0: Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called son of the highest. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. The world this week has been preparing for a holiday that it knows very little about. To the merchants, this time of the year means tidy profits. To the post office, it means overcrowded mail conditions. To parents, it means spending money. And to kids, it means opening presents. Lights are strung everywhere. Trees are trimmed. As the world prepares for this holiday. But as Christians... This day is so different. This season is so different. And we celebrate it differently. To us, we are celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. As the angel said, He shall be called great of His kingdom. There shall be no end. Now, I suppose that even as kids, since we've been children, we have learned the importance of Christmas. We know that it's Jesus' birthday. But I want to read to you something that I found in our annex over where the kids... Uh, learn and pray and all. And they had a big list on the wall that said, Dear God. And they each wrote their little requests to God and their little prayers to God. And one said, Dear God, I love you. You're a neat God. Uh, the other one said, Dear God, please uh, make so-and-so come to my Christmas program. Uh, here's one. I think you'll enjoy this. Dear God, I love you very much. You make good rules. I like the Holy Bible and I like to sing for you. And Jesus, your birthday is coming up. Your birthday is on Christmas and I would like a New Testament. It's so beautiful to see children's response to things. Oh, by the way, Jesus, your birthday is coming up and for your birthday I'd like a New Testament. (laughs) But that child understands God. Because even though it's Jesus' birthday, it's not unlike Jesus to give us gifts, is it? Even though it's His birthday. That's just the nature of God. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. So Christmas, we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. It is amazing, an amazing fact that God became a human being and came to this earth for you and me. Was born in a stable. Now, none of us can relate to what that means to be born in a stable. The nativity scenes that we have displayed at the Christmas season are less accurate than how it really was. It's not quite accurate, although the nativity scenes are beautiful. Uh, The smell, for one, isn't quite right. None of us can really relate what it means to walk around animal droppings and to place a brand newborn baby in a feeding trough, streaked with the saliva from animals, where cows and sheep would be housed at night. And yet God had His only begotten Son born there. And yet, amongst all of the other sheep and lambs, the Lamb of God was born, Jesus Christ. So the angel told Mary, you will call his name Jesus. When we come to Christmas, most of us think of the baby Jesus. We all have this image of a baby being born in Bethlehem. But some of us fail to realize that that baby became a man. And at Christmas, we just don't look to the baby Jesus. We look to the man Jesus because he came with a purpose and a plan. Yes, there was the manger. The purpose for the manger was the cross. Jesus' whole purpose for coming upon this earth and being born, He had one purpose and that is to die. He knew His mission. It was planned before the foundations of the world. His express purpose for coming to this earth was to die. Now, I'd like you to turn to Luke chapter 2 because we're going to consider what Christmas is all about. One, what is Christmas traditionally And then how would God have us celebrate this day? In verse 1 it says, It came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all of the world should be registered. The census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all of them went to be registered, everyone to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David which is called Bethlehem. It's interesting, Bethlehem means the house of bread in Hebrew. Beautiful name for the bread of life to be born, Jesus Christ. And it says in verse 5, To be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields keeping watch over their flocks by night. Contrary to what many people believe, Jesus Christ was not probably born on December 25th. For one, shepherds never keep their flocks by night in the wintertime in Israel. After October, shepherds never spend the nights outside. Number two, the Judean hillsides are usually covered with snow in the wintertime, and people never travel long distances, especially with children, to be taxed or registered. It would have been a, uh uncanny kind of a request for anyone to make. Most scholars believe that Jesus Christ was born either in the fall or the spring, and I'm sort of grateful that we don't know the exact date that Jesus Christ was born. The Bible doesn't say so. It can't be proven. Because so many people venerate a day and worship a day more than they would worship God Himself. You say, well, then how did we get December 25th? Where did that come about? Well, thousands of years (coughs) before Jesus was ever on the scene, people celebrated December 25th as a holiday. Way back in Babylon, the Babylonians worshipped their god Nimrod, which you read about in the Old Testament. On December 25th. Nimrod, they believed, was the sun god. And so they would worship him. His birthday would be closely following the winter solstice when the sun makes its yearly rotation. The days begin to get longer and longer, which is December 25th. So they worshipped him. They believed that he came from heaven and was born as a child, the sun god. And they worshipped Nimrod on December 25th. Later on, it became known as Yule Day. We sing songs about Yuletide greetings and all. The word Yule is the Babylonian word for infant. They worshipped Tammuz, who was also a Babylonian god, and believed that he was the sun god. The way this came about is they believed that Nimrod and Tammuz became flesh. And so on Mother Night, they called it, which was Christmas Eve, they put a log in the fire and the log burned. The next day, supposedly, a tree was supposed to have been born from this Yule log. So what they would do is they would take evergreen trees and plant them in their house and worship them in a worshipful manner. Because an evergreen symbolizes perpetual life. It's always green. Now, before you get too carried away and say, oh no, I have a Christmas tree. Let me just... I do too. And I love it. And we'll get to that in just a minute. Well, after Babylon came, Medo-Persia and the Greek Empire and finally the Roman Empire. December 25th was called by the Romans Saturnalia. Saturnalia is Latin for Nimrod. And the way they would celebrate it is they would, one, get drunk and give gifts to one another. Sounds a lot like today. But it was also a day of goodwill. They would allow the slaves to go free for that one day, and then they'd have to come back. And the Roman government was so nice, they wouldn't execute anyone on Saturnalia. So it became a common day for worship. Saturnalia, Nimrod, the worship of the sun. After the winter solstice, the days begin to get longer and longer. People worshipped the birth of the child that turned into a tree, the child symbolizing perpetual life. If you are not a Christian this morning, I would like to wish you a Merry, Merry Saturnalia. Because if you have not given your life to Jesus Christ, Christmas is just an empty pagan holiday. Don't dignify it by calling it Christmas. If you are a Christian, then I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas. Because we worship Jesus Christ. He is our Lord. He has been born into the world. It really doesn't matter what day He's born on. This day is as good as any day to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. And I am grateful that there is a day set aside that we can thank the Lord and remember that He was born as a child in Bethlehem. I'd like you to turn with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 1. (laughs) We celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ today. The way Christmas came to be celebrated as the birth of Christ was this. The early Christians didn't want to worship the false idols of Saturnalia and Nimrod. So instead of worshiping false idols on this day, they just used this day to worship God sending Jesus Christ into the world. And so you ask, well... Can I have a tree? You have as much liberty to have a tree as you have to not have a tree. You're not bound by ritual or tradition or by legalism. If anyone points a finger and says that's pagan, let them, you know, let them have their fun and get mad at you. But I doubt that most of you who are believers actually worship your Christmas trees. I can't see you burning incense to them or lighting candles to them or praying to them. It's become a symbol of this time of the year. They smell nice. They look nice in our, in our homes. In fact, history tells us that Martin Luther was the first one to cut down the Christmas tree or the pine tree and put it in, the, in his home at this time of the year because his children would like it. He thought it would be a nice thing to cut down a tree and it'd be, it smells so beautiful. I think that there are some Christians who go overboard on this what you can and what you can't do. And there are some who point the finger and say, you can't have a tree. We can't celebrate Christmas. And we can almost become like Pharisees in saying what you can't do and what you can do oftentimes. Let me tell you this. You're not going to change the world by protesting and not having a Christmas tree. They're not going to stop celebrating it. And I'm not saying become like the world, but I'm saying this. Use this day as a glorious opportunity to share Jesus Christ. To share with them what it's all really about. When you have your family reunions at Christmas, share with your family. We were able to use this time of the year to go into the malls and to sing and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ this year. So instead of looking at it as just a pagan holiday, use it as an opportunity to share about Jesus Christ. So it says in verse 18 of Matthew chapter 1, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child by the Holy Spirit. They were betrothed or engaged, but they had not had any kind of physical relations with each other. The Jewish law said that before you were married, you spent a year together in this time of betrothal where you were legally married, but you couldn't have any of the marital fringe benefits. You were just promised to each other, but you didn't enjoy that union of marriage. It was during this time, that Mary was pregnant. And as some of the other records tell us, this really bothered Joseph. Joseph didn't know what to do, but he determined that he wouldn't put her away as the law said he could, but that he would love her and that they would have the child. So, verse 19, Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David... Do not be afraid to take to you marry your wife for that which is conceived in her is of the holy spirit. Now we're getting to the real meaning of what Christmas is all about. God working within humanity to send his only begotten son. You see for us Christmas is a birthday party basically. But for many people Christmas is like having a birthday party without inviting the one for whom it's intended. And so the world has their office parties and they give gifts and they get drunk. And they call it Christmas. What a shame. Because they haven't accepted Jesus into their hearts. He hasn't taken control of their lives. And they're having all the celebration, but Jesus isn't the center of their celebration. How tragic. What a mockery. What a blasphemous thing. It's Saturnalia to them. It's a pagan thing. But to us who are Christians... We can do it in the spirit of Jesus Christ because we know the meaning. Jesus Christ has become the center of this day. We gathered here this morning because Jesus Christ came to this world and He loved us. It says in verse 21, the angel says, And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call His name Jesus, for He shall save His people from their sins. The word Jesus means Jehovah is salvation, or God saves. So he received the name that would mark his mission in life. God saves. For this is the purpose that Jesus was sent, to save the world. Now this was no ordinary child that was born. Because this child, for hundreds, even thousands of years, had been prophesied by the prophets. The prophets foretold that this child would be born that he would be born of a virgin, that he would be born in Bethlehem. Have you ever wondered what the chances are of any one human being fulfilling what Jesus fulfilled? Now, if someone came up to you and said, I am the Messiah, you could ask him a question. Where were you born? He says, I'm from New York. I was born in the Bronx. Well, automatically he's disqualified because Micah in the Old Testament wrote, but you, Bethlehem, Though you be small among the little cities of Judah, yet from you shall come unto me the one who will be the ruler of Israel. The Messiah was prophesied that he would be born in Bethlehem. Now that narrows a a large population of the world down already. Because not many people are born in Bethlehem of Judea. It's a very tiny town. And of all the people that have been born in Bethlehem of Judea, how many have been born of a virgin? That that takes the rest of the population away. (laughs) And of those born in Bethlehem and have been born of a virgin, how many of them were sold for 30 pieces of silver and betrayed when they were older? You see, the prophets hundreds of years before foretold of this child that he wouldn't be an ordinary child. The chance factors are so incredible. In fact, there was a study done by Professor William Stoner. And he wrote a book called Science Speaks. And he computed... What would the chances be of one man to fulfill the claims and the prophecies that Jesus Christ fulfilled? Did you know that there are over 300 prophecies in the Old Testament concerning Jesus Christ? So Professor Stoner took eight prophecies and he said the odds of one man fulfilling eight of the prophecies Jesus fulfilled would be 1 in 10 to the 17th power. Or that's 10 with 17 zeros after it. That's the odds of one man fulfilling eight of the things Jesus fulfilled. The number 10 to the 17th power, you could take 10 to the 17th power silver dollars and you could cover the entire state of Texas two feet thick with 10 to the 17th power silver dollars. Paint one of those, mark one. Blindfold someone and say, find it for me. Now he could cruise up and down Texas all he wanted to. The odds of him to find that one marked silver dollar is 1 in 10 to the 17th power. Roughly the odds of one man to fulfill eight prophecies that Jesus fulfilled. You still think it's coincidence? He went on and he said, what would the odds of one man fulfilling 48 prophecies be? He said the number or the the chance would be 1 in 10 to the 137th power. Take 10 and put 137 zeros after it. Those are the odds of one man fulfilling 48 prophecies. Now, he said, let's visualize that. We can't use silver dollars, he said, anymore. Let's use electrons. One linear inch of electrons. Hope I haven't lost you yet. If you were to count one inch of electrons, one linear inch, at the rate of 250 electrons per minute, it would take you only 19 million years to count those. Now, if you were to make an electron ball with the number of electrons of 10 to the 137th power, it would be bigger than our universe is today, which is 8 billion light years roughly in each direction. 8 billion light years in each direction. In fact, Stoner went on to say, if you were to make these electron balls the size of our universe and you were to manufacture them at the rate of 500 universe-sized electron balls per minute, you wouldn't even have enough time if you started at the creation of the world, which some say was 6 million years ago. You wouldn't even have enough time to use up all the electrons in 10 to the 137th power. Now, we're talking abstract. Mark one of those electrons and have someone find it. His chances would be 1 in 10 to the 137th power. Or the odds of one man in history to fulfill 48 prophecies that Jesus fulfilled. He fulfilled 300. Is it coincidence that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin? Born in Bethlehem? No. This shows that God had a purpose and a plan for Jesus Christ. That it was on time when Jesus was born. And it was accurate. This was no ordinary child. And it goes on to say, in verse 22, Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son. And they will call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. And he took him to his wife and did not know her until she had brought forth her firstborn son. And they called his name Jesus. Now, I want to end today back at Luke chapter 2. Turn with me back to Luke chapter 2. We go on from verse 8 and it says, And there was in that same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. I find it so interesting that the very first people Jesus was revealed to was shepherds. Not to kings, not to the important class, but to shepherds. How God loved shepherds. Moses was a shepherd. Abraham was a shepherd. Most of the prophets were shepherds. And Jesus Christ came as the Lamb of God unto shepherds. And it says in verse 9, Behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were greatly afraid. And the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news, good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day In the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. A Savior was born. This was God's gift to the world. Now you talk about Christmas presents. God gave His only begotten Son to the world. That's quite a gift, isn't it? In fact, the Bible says that Jesus was God's most prized possession. When God sent His only Son into the world... Jesus, God gave His highest, His utmost. He could give no more. He gave Jesus Christ His Son. That's why the greatest sin is not to murder someone. It's not to commit adultery. The greatest sin is rejecting Jesus Christ. Because in rejecting Jesus Christ from being Lord over your life, you are rejecting God's greatest gift that He could ever give to a human being. So to reject Jesus Christ is the most heinous Sin that exists. God gave His only begotten sin. But He was rejected by men. It says in John, He came to His own and His own wouldn't even receive Him. But yet, the Old Testament said that He would be rejected. It says that He is rejected and despised among men, Isaiah said. You know that when Jesus was alive, He was the most loved and also the most hated individual on the earth. People either loved Him or they hated Him. And you know that today Jesus is still one of the most loved and one of the most hated people in existence. Many of us love Him. But to still many, they hate Him. The name of Jesus Christ strikes that little chord in their heart and they get bitter and angry when they hear the name Jesus. I would call that the utmost bigotry that ever existed. For someone to hate someone that they don't even know. And yet people are so often angered and bitter at God and they don't even know God. Yet Jesus loved them. And it goes on in verse 12. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Hey, wait a minute. Peace on earth? Where is the peace? The angels come and they proclaim peace on earth, goodwill toward men. If I were a cynic, I would say, look at those angels. How dumb. Peace on earth. Where is the peace? Where's the peace in the United States? There's turmoil in our country. There's no peace. There's no peace in Europe. There's no peace in the Middle East. There's no peace in the Far East. Was the angel mocking us when he said peace on earth? Well, let me tell you the literal translation so you get the flavor of this. It's literally, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men of goodwill. Or better translated, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men in whom God is well pleased. Oh, that makes all the difference in the world, doesn't it? Where is the peace on earth? In the hearts of all those who know Jesus Christ is their Savior. Jesus promised a peace that would pass all understanding. Jesus promised to give peace. Yes, there is peace. But peace is only promised to those whose life is controlled by the Spirit of God. Who's made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of their lives. So, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men in whom God is well pleased. Yes, this is a time of gifts, this time of the year. We give presents, and I love to give presents. It's a joyous thing to give and to receive. And although it's a blessing to receive presents, don't let the most important gift go go unopened. The most important gift this morning is not under your tree. The most important gift that you can receive today is new life through Jesus Christ. That's the most important gift that you need to open if you don't know Jesus Christ today as your personal Savior. But it's His birthday. What are we going to give to Him? We give gifts to everyone else. What are we going to give to Him? Well, what do you give to the God who has everything? I'll tell you what. The Bible says that we should come to Jesus. It says in Hebrews... That we should present ourselves, our bodies, as a living sacrifice to God. Holy and acceptable. The best presence you can give to God is your life, yourself. That's the best. That's the highest. Is to give Him charge of your life. and say, Jesus, take the reins. Take control. I want you to be boss. I want to follow after you. That's the best gift. And if you fail in giving that gift, you've missed the whole point of Christmas. And if you miss The gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ, you have missed Christmas. I sort of think it's sad that we just take one day of the year and celebrate it when actually Christmas should be celebrated all year round. And for those of us who know Jesus Christ, Christmas can be celebrated all year round. Today as we're talking, there's a lady, a member of our church, who is in the hospital She came up to me a couple weeks ago and she says, I'm dying of cancer. I don't have much time to live. And this morning, I want to tell you that she's rejoicing. She goes, I'm going home. And she told me that today in her hospital bed, she has this little plaque that says, Christmas is not a day, it is a way of life. And she is living out the spirit of Christmas on a daily basis. It's not one year she's excited about She goes, hey, I'm spending Christmas in the hospital, but Christmas isn't a day. It's a way of life. I've got Christmas all year round. Man, does she know the Lord. And how we'll rejoice when she's in the presence of God because she's received the greatest gift. This morning I want to close with a story as usual. But I want you to listen to this very, very carefully. The very short story. A few years ago, a striking Christmas card was published with the title, If Christ Had Not Come. It was founded upon our Savior's words, If I Had Not Come. The card represented a clergyman falling into a short sleep in his study Christmas morning and dreaming of a world into which Jesus had never come. In his dream, he found himself looking through his home, but there were no little stockings in the chimney corner no Christmas bells or wreaths of holly, and no Christ to comfort, gladden, and save. He walked out by the public street, but there was no church with its spire pointing toward heaven. He came back and sat down in his library, but every book about Christ had disappeared. A ring at the doorbell and a messenger asked him to visit a poor dying mother. He hastened with the weeping child, and as he reached her home, he sat down and he said, I have something here that will comfort you. And he opened his Bible to look for a familiar promise, but it ended at Malachi. And there was no gospel. There was no promise of hope and salvation. And he could only bow his head and weep with her in bitter despair. Two days afterwards, he stood beside her coffin and conducted the funeral service. But there was no message of consolation, no word of glorious resurrection, no open heaven, but only dust to dust, ashes to ashes and one long eternal farewell. He realized at length that he had not come and burst into tears and bitter weeping in his sorrowful dream. Suddenly he awoke with a start and a great shout of joy and praise burst from his lips as he heard the choir singing in his church close by. Oh, come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. O come ye, O come ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold Him, born the King of angels. Oh, come, let us adore Him, Christ the Lord. But to realize what it would be like if Jesus hadn't come, and then to realize that Jesus has come. This morning, Jesus Christ has come. doesn't matter what day of the year He was born. It's a beautiful time of the year to celebrate the birth of our Savior. But again, I want to stress, for those of us who are Christians, The greatest thing we can do is to have Jesus Christ in control over our lives on a daily basis and to live out Christmas every day. For those of you who might not know Jesus Christ, because many people just, you know, they go to church on Sunday or they go to church twice a year, I want to invite you today to receive the best present you could ever receive and that is Jesus Christ Himself and eternal life. Let's pray. Father, We come before You and we're thankful that You have granted us a day wherein we can worship You and thank You and remember the fact that our God became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Lord, may we remember that it's Your birthday and in leaving this room today, may we live out Christmas as a lifestyle, not just a day. May our lives be one of giving. And Father, I pray this morning for those who might have never received You as Lord and Savior of their lives. They may have had religion all their lives. They may have acknowledged that there's a God, but they have never had a personal encounter or relationship with Jesus Christ. Lord, may may they open up that gift this morning. And as everyone's head is bowed and eyes are closed, and as Christians are praying, if there's any of you who have never made a commitment to Jesus Christ, I'm going to offer you that right now. First of all, I'd just like you to raise your hand up and down once so that I can see you and pray for you if you want to receive new life this morning in Jesus Christ. Just slip your hand up and down once. God bless you and you. God bless you and you. If you want to receive Jesus today, don't let that best gift go unopened. Just raise your hand up and down once. There's still time. Any others? Today is the day of your salvation. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Father, we thank you that You have spoken to all of our hearts this morning, that Your Word always does that. Lord, it's not any of us. It's not any of our ability. It's just the power of Your Holy Spirit working through Your Word, and we're so grateful. Father, I pray now for these, that You would seal them, that You would keep them. And Father, as they open up that Christmas present, may they find eternal life. In Jesus' name, Amen.